you know, when people say, you know, you're getting older, so you shouldn't do this, it's, that makes me want to do it more. <laughs> Welcome to the trailhead of Trail Runner Nation. We go on virtual trail runs with interesting guests that are going to help us become better runners and maybe better human beings. If it's your first time, guess what? There's no limit. We enjoy having new runners with us. Buckle up, lace your shoes, take a sip of electrolyte. Let's get down the trail. Yeah, there's no lottery for this run, Scott. You show up, you get to go. And today we're talking about aging. And it was a great conversation. In fact, if you listen to the complete podcast, you'll wish and hope that you're an older runner because there's so many benefits. If you've been listening to us for a while, you've heard us talk a lot about the benefits of regular blood testing for health optimization, which is why I'm excited to share this with you today. Inside Tracker does it. They have been working with a lot of athletes because it helps you understand what's going on inside your body. Inside Tracker tests and provides optimal ranges for over 40 biomarkers like ApoB, magnesium, vitamin D, testosterone, cortisol, and ferritin. And you need all of these at optimal level to have your optimal experience. You'll sign up on a program. You'll schedule a phlebotomist that will come out and they will take your blood and they analyze it against those biomarkers that Don was just talking about. Then they give you the report and they say, here's some areas of improvement. And this is the beauty, I think, of the system, at least when I did it. They teach you what you can do and they keep track of what you're doing so that you're improving those biomarkers. All you do is go to insidetracker.com slash TRN and use the code TRN, and you get 20% off any of the programs that you choose. Here at TRN, we always select the best partners, and the partner we're going to talk about next is UCAN. It's a nutrition supplement, and it works. Super starch is the difference in UCAN. And what is a super starch? It's a fuel that absorbs easily and quickly into your system, but it doesn't give the spike that regular sugars or regular carbohydrates do. You'll experience sustained energy, and that's what you want. You want to work level, even, all the way through the day, and that's what your nutrition through UCAN will let you do. And UCAN has been a great partner. They have created the Trail Runner Nation Starter Pack get a full box of bars and a full box of edge energy. You can get 20% off if you go to youcan.co slash TRN starter. That's youcan.co slash TRN starter. Whether you're having problems with your stomach, whether you feel like you have lows through the long miles, those are the people that will benefit from UCAN. So go out and try it. Welcome to another edition of Trail Runner Nation. My name is Don Freeman. And I'm Scott War, and we have uh, some great guests with us that Don's going to introduce here in just a minute. But we we had a discussion um, around aging. So one of the things, some of us get faster, some of us get slower. There's <laughs> one thing that all of us do, and that is we get older. And we have to learn to deal with that. And sometimes it's fun. Hopefully, most of the times it's fun. Sometimes it's not so fun. And we thought, you know, we should have a discussion about aging and running. And we have three guests today that are here to join us to help shed some light on that and maybe help us age a little more easily. Now, to be fair, Scott, we didn't go look for the three oldest runners and aged runners we could find. (laughs) No, not at all. What we looked for are people that have accomplished great things regardless of age. And the three people that we have on this uh, podcast today are Liza Howard. She's a coach at Charmin Ultra. She ran her first marathon in 2008. She won several 100 miles with the fastest 15 hours and seven minutes. She's a USATF certified coach, and she has a BSN in nursing. Liza, welcome to the podcast, and I'll get to the other two in just a minute. Thanks so much. Liza, correct me. I think I read somewhere that that 1507 was the fastest, second fastest 100 mile for a female ever in the U.S.? Is that is that still stand? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, at the time. <laughs> the time. At the time, it was, it was a second yeah. fastest. 1507. 
1507 is what I run a 50K in. <laughs> yeah, well, Scott, leave it to Scott to have great, accurate facts on intro. So, Scott, you if, if you're anything, you're consistent. And, and our next guest is Pam Reed, and we know about her. Heck, we've had her on the show several times. And her career spans over three decades. And she's one of the most accomplished runners ever with multiple wins at Badwater 135, the only woman to one, run 300 miles without stopping. She has 38 finishes at the at the Ironman at the triathlon events, and she is with us today to to share some of her experience in being a successful runner. So, welcome, Pam. Hi, thanks for having me. And and you'll recognize the voice of Chrissy Mayo. She's been on this podcast several different times and have helped to lead us through many conversations. She's the youngest woman to complete the Grand Slam of ultra running. And, and if I was using Scott notes, I would have the wrong uh, Grand Slam run listed. So I'm just going to ignore that altogether. <laughs> she set the, the woman's record in 2007 at Hard Rock, and she's won the UTMB in 2003 and 2009. Chrissy, welcome back to the podcast. Always fun to see everybody's faces, and I'm super stoked to see Liza and Pam, too. Same, same. So Scott, give us a good intro on this, or, or have you already? <laughs> Are we ready to launch off? Well, you know, Liza, um, a few years ago, I don't know when you actually started, but did a series of articles at I Run Far that had to do with age old runners. So if you just type in your Google search, I Run Far age hyphen old runners, there's a whole series um, of, of articles there that, that Liza participated and I think did most of the interviewing and writing of those. Liza, tell us what you learned. It was a huge disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> so I had selfishly thought, oh, what a great, uh, what a great interview series. Like I will find some magic elixir that everyone is taking, <laughs> uh, and then I will do the same. Um, and I was hoping it would be something like really palatable, like, look, everyone seems to be drinking syrup. I also <laughs> will start drinking syrup and I will be, uh, continue to run well <laughs> into my seventies. Um, but unfortunately, and not surprisingly, the people that I interviewed initially were folks who were um, still racing a lot and placing at races. And I limited it to um, folks over the age of 45. And certainly I got some grief for including 45 as <laughs> as aging. Um, and I... <laughs> And I and I'll take that. However, like I've coached for a long time now, and I have folks who, you know, who are like, "Oh, I'm about to turn 30. My running life is over." Or, you know, I'm about to turn 40. My running life is over. And so it seemed like 45 was reasonable with that kind of, you know, sentiment among a lot of people. And so I guess the biggest thing that I learned is that um, people continue to race as they age. Uh, because they love racing. So again, like not some, it was like a, this huge research study that I did that came out with something you're like, well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um, and so that was it. And that, that people really, the thing that allowed them to keep racing was they kind of doubled down on things that they were already doing as runners, you know, that they had found helpful along the way. And so if weightlifting had been something that helped prevent injury, um, you know, in their running careers, they were doing a lot more of it. Or if they were doing, you know, yoga, and that was really helpful um, to prevent injuries and keep running well and easily. And they were doing more of that. Um or, or, and in some cases, they were taking on those things finally. You know, they were like, well, I, I've always known <laughs> this is, and now I have to do this thing in order to, to run easily and well. Um, but, but it wasn't anything, you know, particularly mind blowing. It was all stuff that we all know um, that is useful, you know, as runners. But the thing that did come out of it and kind of what changed the series was that it was just that people were running because they love running and they love the people that they're running with and they want to keep doing that. Um, and so kind of the big takeaway for me from this whole series and from coaching was how do we keep people, how do we keep age diversity in the ultra running community? Um, and so I've really spent a lot of time thinking about what race directors can do so that there are people who are in their 50s and 60s and 70s and above still participating in races. Um, and so that's what came out of the articles mostly for me and like some just amazing, um, getting to talk to just some amazing folks. I, I want to get into that, uh, how, how race directors can participate in this. Mm -hmm. um, but before we do, 
you know, Pam, um, you've been racing for over three decades. How has your training changed over those three decades? Has are you doing more of one thing than or less of one thing than you used to do three thirty years ago? You know, it, it's funny because I'm um, I've been as it's gone on, I still kind of have been doing the same thing. It's I have to say this year. Um, you know, I'm about to be 62 and it's just gotten, I've gotten more tired. So I'm probably going to have to back off a little bit, but I, you know, since I was in high school, even before that, I would do two to four hours of something every day. And so I continue that. And right now I'm doing, you know, I'll do two, two yoga classes a day. I swim, I run. Um, I try to, if I, like in the winter right now in, in Wyoming, I've been skate skiing. Yeah. So I'm still at four to five hours a day, um, getting a little bit tight, more tired, but you know, it's, it's Liza was just talking about racing and that motivates me. And I'm, I kind of feel like I slog it out there until actually I step up to a starting line and then I can push myself. So that's what I like about racing. That's when I can really push myself. And I love, I love to race. So, you know, I do so much of racing when I look at how much I do, it's, it's kind of crazy, but, um, that's what motivates me. I love, I love that you are just now deciding that you need to slow down. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Comes back to what you said, Liza, that, that a lot of us are still out there doing it because we love it so much. Yeah. I love the whole 45 because that's right where I'm at, Liza. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm not that I feel like I'm old or anything like that. But what I've noticed is change and how the tw- my race racing in my 20s and my 30s. So span- getting into my third decade now at 45. So like the age question, like, is it t- what I kind of wonder if it's kind of like a car? Is it the miles on the car or is it the age of the car? Like mm. how, or the, of the body, we don't even have to compare to vehicles. And so uh, that, I, that's what I was really excited to get on here and talk about in terms of time as it relates to like a 45 year old body or a 45 year old body that's run for 25 years versus say a 50 year old body that's run for 10 years or something like that. I think these could be some fun conversations to talk about how time and age factor into this. Chrissy, I love that. I'm going to jump in there, and, and then I think Liza was ready to make a, a, a comment towards that. But I, I, I think you are. But I, I love the fact, do I buy my, my car, put it in the garage, and let it set, mm-hmm. and just keep it youthful, and 10 years later pull it out, do I still have the new car and all the benefits of that new car? I think that's where you're talking about, hey, if I started running at 20 versus starting running at 40, do I get 20 free years? Do I essentially keep my knees fresh and keep my hips fresh? And I know there's general wear and tear that go on, but do you preserve your running by starting late? If I start late, can I look back and say, man, I've got extra years because I started late? Or did I miss out on some years too? I know that that people, I remember in my 20s, I recovered like that. I did the grand slam at 26 years old. Like what would be that recovery at 46 years old. If I tried to do that next year, I think like those are the the differences of like the age versus the time. Yeah. Mm. Or some of the differences. We asked everybody um, what their running age was when I did these interviews over two years. And it seems like, while that was a factor. It was more, and I will try to do this car analogy more. Uh, it is more <laughs> like how you were driving the car <laughs> uh, rather than the car's age per se, while that did come into play. So, so yeah, of course, the older your age as a runner based on your running years that, you know, um, you are running, yeah, y- your body um, has more wear and tear on it. But were you running a race every weekend? Were you running 200s a year? Were you doing two, three, fifty k's a year? Like, you know, exactly what were you doing? Doing. And, you know, it's hard to, it's so hard to tease apart all the other aspects, like, mm-hmm. where, you know, where you treat your body well in general, um, that kind of stuff. So did you feel it well enough? Did you put enough like right. maintenance right. in there? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you on some wacky diet, you know, doing yeah. something or, or is there sleep totally. crazy, stressful job? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've, I've got a question for the group and, and, and Maybe we're speaking to the wrong group because you are very, all three of you, very motivated folks. But what do you think for for some? What ages sooner? 
the body or the mind? Does the mind become aged and, and just get tired of getting out there and putting it in each time? Or do you think the body is the one that leads the way? Who's leading? Who's, who's sailing this ship? The brain and motivation or the, the body and physical? Is that, a, is that even a question? If I put a question mark at the end of it, does it make it a question? <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, what's interesting is, um, sadly, yesterday, um, I had to put my dog down. Aww. Yeah. But, but how it relates to this is she was a major runner. She's an old, she was an old English sheepdog, and I ran with her everywhere. She would run... You know, for, for years and years, we ran 15 miles every day, every day. And, um, you know, at the end, like in the last, just the last six months, her back end just gave out. Her back end totally gave out. And um, and she couldn't use it anymore, you know. So in her case, it was definitely her body gave out because her mind, she would look like she would want to run because I have another old English, um, young, three, and she would just try so hard, but her back end would just, you know, give out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, I think that's a hard answer to answer because sometimes um, I think for me mentally, I do, as I said, I do way better in a race situation. So that's why I just keep signing up and signing up. And what I have to deal with in my own mind now is I'm going to be way slower for sure. Right. I'm not. I, and in a way, it's kind of nice because then I don't have the pressure of saying, well, I got to go really fast, which I can't do anyway. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a little fight in my own head that I have to have. But um, so I, I just feel blessed that um, I can keep going. And I think mentally you have to decide that it's okay if it's a little slower. Who cares? We're still out there. Um and, and I try to encourage um, all of my friends. And, you know, it's funny, uh, Chrissy, you're 45. You know, in um, my my early 40s is when I ran sub 30 or sub three hour marathon. I won Badwater. And actually at 45, from 45 to 50, I had a tough time. I like kind of slowed down a little. And then at 50, I felt great again. Yes. So. That's great news. I want to ask a question that's related to that, Pam. Um, Unless you're Megan Arbogast, um, we all slow down as we get older, right? I want to ask all three of you, how do you deal with that? How do Mm -hmm. you deal with the idea that I'm not going to be as fast at, at these splits or this training run or this race? Um, Chrissy, we'll start with you and then we'll just go around, uh, and get everybody's input. How, how do you deal with that? Is it easy? I don't, I don't know if easy, anything in this sport is easy. Why would we do it if it was easy? Right? Like we love that, what we get to learn from it and the challenge of the sport. Um, when you ask that, the first thing that pops to mind is like comparison. And I've really worked mm. hard my entire career not to compare against to other people. And that's what I loved about the trail races. Like you can't even compare yourself to your watch because hmm. any given day, the conditions are different. The right. weather, the mountains, the terrain, who lines up, what they ate for dinner, what you ate for dinner, how you like, like there's, there's never an apples to apples situation. So it's really nice that comparison um, kind of, to me, it gets washed out of the equation. And I think that has to then apply. And this is whether it's easy or not to 25-year-old Chrissy versus 45-year-old Chrissy. And even just saying those words out loud, I think we exact quote in a previous podcast with you guys, you asked me, what would 20 or 45-year-old Chrissy tell 25-year-old Chrissy? Like, just like we can't, like noticing the difference of, and if you try and compete against that person, you're not comparing apples to apples. And so that to me is like the biggest piece mentally of that. The reality of being in this body and knowing what, the same body, but at a younger age was capable of that can get challenging. And so it's just remembering that those are gifts that I have in this body. And then how I use them now is how I get to race. You know, I appreciate that, Chrissy. And I will say that I set a PR the other day. We live in Northern California. That's been getting a lot of rain and the trails are very muddy. And I, I find that I slide down the trail much quicker (laughs) than I run down the trail. Um, Fair. Liza, what about you? Um, how, how do you deal with 
um, being slower. That was that was painful. That was wrong. Pointed question. That was terrible. I knew I was in trouble as soon as I start open my mouth. So, so. And, we, and we watched you do that, Scott. It was like you slipping in a trail, and we were watching that slow fall. It's like this is not going to go well. There's no way for him to save this. Yeah, yeah. Also, you're ancient. How does that feel? Um, no, no. <laughs> no, you, I'm you, First of all, okay. you need to know that I'm I'm older than you. So, yeah, no, so. no, 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 no. It, it is funny being a category, though, right? Like older runner like it's just because you feel you know kind of to your prior question like I feel the same at you know like I feel like I've learned some stuff but I certainly feel the same inside you know as I mm-hmm. did 20 years ago um and so it's just funny becoming a category you know yeah. of older runners and you're like oh yes that's me um <laughs> eh, so I, I will say I think what's hard for me is just that like we don't really know. We know we're going to slow down, but we don't know what the timeline for that is. Mm-hmm. And so what's hard is not setting boundaries that are too restrictive. You know, like, hey, I'm this age. There aren't a lot of people doing this time at this age. Does that mean I can't do that time? Like, I I feel like I should do that time, you know? And so I think, like, what's hard is just we there's so much peer pressure of, like, you can't do this anymore. You can't do this anymore. People your age don't do that. And it's, you know, like peer pressure, it's a real thing. And so you start to think, well, I shouldn't, I can't, and you, it's restrictive. Um, And so I think that's the hardest hurdle for me, just thinking like, well, I mean, I I think I can, I don't think I'm being foolish, you know, but also not wanting to, you know, but still recognizing like, no, no, like, I mean, like, I've got gray hair, I've got like neck wrinkles, clearly things are changing, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and so like trying to figure out that balance, I think is hard. How about you, Pam? What have you had um, a struggle as as you've slowed down over the years, or have you? Well, yeah. Well, it, 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 what Liza just said. People people come up to you and they'll say, "Well, you know, you are getting older. You know." And it's like, <laughs> "No, I'm not gonna. I'm definitely not gonna take it in that way because you know when people say, "You know, you're getting older, so you shouldn't do this." It's, that makes me want to do it more, you know. Yes. I, but, 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 you know, all I can do, and and I've always done this, because I, I remember way, way back at 10Ks and marathons, and you know how people would stand at the starting line and they're, they're like, you know, this is a training line, because <laughs> they were so afraid to put themselves out there. And I just go, every time I go, I'm going to do the best I can. That's all I can do. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and, you know, get to the starting line and do the absolute best I can. And in a week and a half or a little more than two weeks or under two weeks is I'm doing the Arrowhead 135. And I got to say, I'm, I'm a bit nervous. Um, and I've done it like five times, but um, it just, it's, it's def- it feels like it's getting a little scarier to me and I don't know why. So I'm just going to go out there and do the best mm-hmm. I can. Good luck, Pam. For those who don't know what Arrowhead 135 is, Pam, how would you describe the Arrowhead 135? What kind of race is it? Um, it's a running, biking, skiing race in um, International Falls, Minnesota, which is like supposedly the coldest place in the U.S. And you you run on their, their groomed trails, groomed snowmobile trails. It's 135 miles. And the cool thing about Arrowhead is it's actually – it's really runnable, it, you know, for the first 70 miles is really runnable. And then 70 to 90, you climb up some hills. And the cool thing is you get to sled down them with your, well, cause I'm running. So you hop in your sled and you sled down. And then the last 30 miles is pretty runnable again, flat. But, um, but yeah, it could be, you know, right now, um, on the couple days before the race, it looks like it might be negative 10. So we'll see what happens. Um, but, you know, you have all your stuff in your sled. You have, you have a, your bivy and your sleeping bag and all your food and water. And um, you get to stop at three di- different places now, 35, 72, 90, and the finish line. 
You know, I, I had the luxury of watching Scott step in that hole, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to completely step around it when you ask your last question, Scott. So I am going to carefully ask this question not to, not to go down that path. What's easier now for you with this experience? What's easier now at this age than you were 25, Chrissy, now that you're 45? What, what's easier for us? We're, we always think age harder, but let's, let's flip it. What's mm. easier? You had five would... minutes to come up with that good politically phrased question, <laughs> Freeman. I was very my, careful. My, my question was off the cuff. You had five minutes to, to wordsmith that so you didn't offend anybody. I wrote it down. I read it. I, I edited it. And, and then I had the, I had the luxury of, of, uh, of your mistake. So, yes, you're right. <laughs> so who, who wants to go with what's easier today than yesterday? Or is there anything I mean, I think for the point that you brought up that because you like you're forced to be the kind of runner that we think we should be right. Like you're forced to see what your body can do on the day. Right. Because that's all that's like, that's what's possible now. You know, if you're not if you're not if if you're slowing down and you can't win races or you can't place in age groups, what you're, what you do is what's my body possible, what's possible for me on the day. Can I push myself mm-hmm. to these limits? And that's why we're in this sport and not running half marathons instead, you know? And so it kind of forces us to be what we hope to be. Mm. I like that. Chrissy. I have confidence in my training. Mm. And I think that got, oh. that was learned along the way. There were some races where I was either sick for like the Tahoe rim trail FKT. I was had dysentery for the whole month leading up to that. And I just had to believe I didn't run the entire month of September. And then I got out there and set the FKT on that trail. And it was all upstairs and trusting in the 15 years of running that I'd done up to that point. And there were some races along the way that instilled that confidence. I remember going to San Diego and having had a head cold for two weeks. And I was just getting over it when it was time to, to start the race. And I ended up uh, winning that event on no training to or no training, right? Like it's a lot of mental training. So shifting gears from needing those long runs to build confidence to knowing that I've got that in my body and what else can I train? Can it be a mental training? Can it be strength training, trusting in the rest, the rest where a lot of times, like as a coach that has that trying to give that to somebody who maybe doesn't have those miles, I think there is something to doing those miles that builds that confidence and it can't only just come from mental. So there's like the mental approach. Like we can sit there and visualize all we want. We need to have done the miles and then we need to learn how to trust in those miles and then have those bigger experiences where it like, proves itself. So I think that that all comes with time and that, that gets, that doesn't just happen overnight. Good answer. How about you, Pam? Any, what, what can you think of today that's easier for you than when you started this sport? Well, yeah, it, it's easier because I know what I have to have and all the gear now is, um, it makes it easier, right? With having all this, uh, the clothing. I mean, I just bought the coolest jacket. I'm so excited. Um, and, and cause it's got, and, and, you know, and I wore it yesterday. I was in, well, today I'm in Arizona. Yesterday I was in Wyoming and, um, it was like negative three degrees out. And you know what you want to do when it's that cold, you want to pile on a ton of clothes. And the second you get out there, you're hot. You know, so this jacket, it's got, it's got merino wool inside and it's kind of like a, a windbreaker on the outside. Um, it's, it's the, the company's called Ornivox. Anyway, I mean, it's just, it's a great jacket. I'm so excited. I'm going to use it in, um, Arrowhead, but, but that's, and, and also I want to use it when I do hard rock. So it's, it's, it's those things that I don't have to obsess about, you know, so that's easier to me because I, um, I have the knowledge of, of, you know, making all those mistakes I've made, just be able to have confidence again, you know, when you get there, that you're ready with all the different gear. And I know I remember, I think Carl Metzler, I don't know if he was on your podcast, but he talked about like having too many things, you know, like in your aid station bag or whatever. That was us. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a crazy person about that, but I got to tell you, I've done like Bighorn many, many times. And I, if I wouldn't have had that stuff in my bag, I would not have finished that race. 
because, you know, up at the turnaround, it's freezing cold and wet. And um, so sometimes it's, it's good to have a little bit too much and leave it there than not have enough. Pam, I appreciate that because um, for most of us, as we are experienced in our in our careers, we are probably making a little bit more money than we made when we were in our early 20s. And I that's one of the things I look forward to. It's not a skill that I have to be a better runner, but I enjoy getting out there because I have this new jacket, the, the new pair of shorts or a new a watch. I mean, I, I really, really get excited about that stuff. Yeah, it's it's fun to have that kind of stuff because it, it does it motivates you. You get to just try it out and um and and it does it makes a big difference. Obviously, you know you can look at the times now. Why are people? I mean, it's crazy. It's so exciting how fast everybody's going. You know, and breaking records and it's cool. And isn't it fun, like having been in the sport this long to see equipment evolve? Like when I got into it, there was very little things even made for women, let alone the specificity of like fabrics. Like you're talking about, like rather than layers and layers and layers, these these jackets that now have wool and windbreaker in the same piece. Like you didn't have to come up with your own layering system. They're like the products and the way that the brands are gravitating towards the trail running market and making things that are like really tailored to us. That's a huge evolution in the sport in the last, I would say 15 years. You know what? Let me, let me just say one other thing about um, winter running. And and this is for, and all, I, I have some, the ultra shoes that are um, waterproof. And I, I'll tell you, those are meant to run on snow. It's amazing because my feet, I, you know, one time I got trench foot, um, in at Arrowhead and now I have these waterproof which is it's amazing that's been a huge huge thing because that's it could take you out for sure so no and and Chrissy I totally agree it's it's so it's so fun to have all these um different options out there now we want to tell you about another biosensor that we think you should consider NutraSense. On this podcast, we talk endlessly about energy, and it's so important to monitor it. How you're feeding yourself, do you have enough to finish off the task? Too bad we couldn't measure that and monitor it in real time. Boy, we can with a continuous glucose monitor. It's a small device that tracks your glucose levels in real time. And it's fascinating to learn what your body does and how it reacts to things that you're eating and your training schedule. Is this something legal to actually wear out on a race, Scott? This sounds too good to be true. (laughs) It is. And you can save $30 if you go to NutraSense.io slash TRN and use the code TRN. That's Nutrisense, N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E dot I-O slash T-R-N. You'll get $30 off and one month of free dietitian support. One of the things that I think about uh, as we get older, we've always heard this, you know, the veteran runner makes the best decisions. There's all kinds of data coming in all the time. What do you do when? When this happens to me, I do this. It's just experience on the trail allows you to make better decisions. And so I think that's one of the things that you carry with you as an experienced runner. I've been there. I've done that. I see when this happens, if I ignore it, this happens. And I think that adds up. And I think that's important. And and when you show up to a race and say you are an experienced runner, you can say, okay, I'm going to have a great race because I'm going to manage this race in a different way. When you're 20, you might just manage it with brute force and just determination and just probably surprise yourself at your your youthful strength. But as you move on to decades, you might show up and say, I'm not running that race. The race I'm running today is I'm going to be an amazing manager of this body that I have. I'm going to move through this. I'm going to see things coming at me, and I'm going to count success at at how many things I can can manage and move around and, and handle with my experience. So I think you can show up to a starting line with a bib as a, with different objectives. And I think that can happen as you can only do that with experience. I, I have a question about that, Don, for the two coaches that are actively out there coaching. 
if someone starts running later in life, do you think that the perspective of, of life helps them manage races better if they're just getting into running versus somebody that's 18, 19, 20 years old? Do you think that the perspective and years and wisdom they gain in life can help them as a new runner? The folks that I've worked with um, certainly have um, the perspective that allows them to um, keep the race, um, you know, as weighted as it should be. Like, you know, it, it is yeah. a, you are mm-hmm. running for a long time for no good reason. <laughs> nothing in your life is going to change after this (laughs) like people will still love you who love you it's all good um and so i think that um and you know that's a huge burden to be lifted um and so for sure that perspective um is uh is useful and often there for runners who um are not 20. chrissy what do you see i would just add as, as long as the awareness is there like if you can see how you know, staying up late with or getting up and not getting a lot of sleep while you're raising kids, how sleep deprivation in that can also help you now that you're trying to run a race that takes you through the night, just like having those, being able to apply it like that might have happened. But if you don't think how this works with your running, then then that connection could be missed. Mm -hmm. So just the awareness around it. And that's where like a coach can be really helpful, like pulling those examples from life, like, hey, haven't you been through this in this situation? How do we apply it here? So like what you were saying, Dawn, about how you arrive at the starting line, I think where um, personally, like I excelled, I always kind of saw myself as a MacGyver of the situation. Like, how do I work with what I have? And that toolkit got bigger and bigger as I got older, but I was always looking for like, how do the workarounds, how do I work with Mm. these things? And as I've added more tools, it's I don't, not, not easier, but like mentally, it's not as much of a leap. I'm just like, oh yeah, there's that one. There's that one. So here, here's my next question. And and if you haven't noticed over the last 12 years that we've been recording this podcast, for me, these podcasts are completely selfish. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if people are listening, but I do it because I learn things and I want to learn from you three. I'm getting older. You may not notice or not, but um, my hair is a little bit uh, a whiter and I want to know how I can enjoy my runs and and be the best runner I can be as I'm getting older. As as from your own experience and experience as a coach, what do I need to do? Do I need to get out? Do I do I need to get a gym membership? Do I need to do more strength training than I did 20 <laughs> years ago? Tell help me out here. <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's a big project, Scott. It's a big, and we need to know your budget because we, got you know, we don't know where to start. <laughs> Is someone just going to say you might as well quit now? No. You, you have three no. qualified experts, and they can't even start with your programs yet. They can't come up with anything. Oh boy, Chrissy, let's start with you. I'll put you on the spot. Give us one Perfect. thing Scott should think about. Oh, I mean. I liked what Liza was saying earlier about like tapping back into what has worked for you and seeing if it still works. Like you mentioned strength training, like carrying through any um, reading I've done and like personal experiment on myself that I found that strength training is key to injury prevention all through. Like there was different reasons in my twenties and thirties. Now that I'm learning how the change in hormones affects um, my muscle mass and everything as an aging female, mm. like the strength training is the key piece that will help keep me active, strong injury, per, like staying away from injuries, hopefully. So that if, it, if there's a one that you can just throw out there, I would say strength training. I think fueling is another big one. Oh. A lot of times we fall into this like belief about how dieting and we have got to do the best, like fad diet or thing that's working for somebody else. It, again, it comes back to how your body works. And I'm a big proponent of not being under fueled and diet. In my mind, diet means restriction and any kind of restriction on input of calories while you're doing a lot of output, that math does not add up for athletes as far as I'm concerned. So just, and that's a personal belief and, but that's what I'll throw out here is just like taking care of, the, of your body as as you have before, what's worked for you, and then like trying to keep that going forward. So I guess my two are strength and fueling. Those are a great two. And and I want to encourage both Liza and Pam, if, if you have different ones, throw them in there. If you want to 
pile on top and talk about fueling and and your your experience with strength training. We want to hear that too because you know everybody has a different view and a different reason. So what about uh, what should we do with Scott to help preserve him somehow <laughs> over these next next few years, Liza or Pam? What are you, what are you guys thinking? I, I think that surrounding yourself with folks who are doing the things that that you want to be doing um, is huge. Oh, good answer. Yeah. I mean, and also looking for folks who are, you know, in your age group and older who are doing things that you want to be doing so that, so that it takes away from that mindset of like, I can't, or maybe I shouldn't, um, Mm -hmm. or maybe I'm too old too. Um, But yeah, you know, I mean, like, the good side of peer pressure. <laughs> like yeah. if you're surrounded, you know, by a bunch of folks who are who are excited about running, then it's a lot easier to be excited about running, regardless of how you're feeling on a particular day. You know. Mm-hmm. How about you, Pam? Is there is there any advice you'd give me? <laughs> yeah, I, I well, you first of all, I think you really have to want to do whatever it is like it because i i agree with the weight training for sure and and i do i do a ton of yoga and what yoga's helped me with is balance it totally i you know i'm so adhd that that yoga i struggle with the the meditation part of it which i know is really important um but while i'm doing yoga i do visualization all the time so um that helps but it's it, it, you got to like it right and if you don't like it, you're probably not going to stick with it, which is for any age group, that's going to be a, in my opinion, a, a pretty big deal. But, you know, I, I'm surrounded. Um, I mean, my sister is turning 65 and I've just watched her slow down and slow down. And I keep, I just keep pushing her to go out and to do whatever she can do, you know, and, um, and, and she, she's one of these people that keep talking about the number. So I just keep saying, you know, just don't think about the number. Um, If you start concentrating on that and it gets a little scary, you know, or I'm this age. um, Yeah. And and I find myself doing that. Like my really good friend, Ernie uh, Floyd, just went to Hurt and he trained really hard. He's 67 and he made it to mile 60. And he said it was so hot and humid this year. He had to stop. And that, oh, I'm so bummed for him, you know, but but that happens sometimes, you know, and you just got to keep trying and trying different things. And speaking of fueling, um, he said he got behind on, on his, um, you know, electrolytes and, and he knew it, but it was too late by the time he was, you know, trying to pick up on that. But you got to like what you're doing. Yeah. Good point. Also, you can work with the race photographers to get better pictures. <laughs> you don't want a picture when you're hitting the ground and the skin kind of wrinkles. You're looking for your up in the air. <laughs> little can angle you, can sometimes. You, oh, yeah. Can you make me look faster? <laughs> Maybe a little thinner? Oh, that is hilarious because I they got a picture of me before Iron Man, Wisconsin, and I look like I'm like 90. I'm like, okay, we can't, I can't. That was horrible. Oh my God. Well, you don't expect some of the loosening skin in places. You're like, I kind of expected it up here, but my thighs. (laughs) No kidding. Hey, when we, when we started this podcast, Liza, you talked about things race directors can do to help make, make it more uh, uh, approachable or sustaining for runners as we get older. What, what are the, some of the things that you're thinking about? Maybe we can round table and talk about them. I think race directors should look at who's finishing their races, first of all, because I think that just a lot of race directors are just unaware um, that their cutoffs are cutting out sections of the running world from their races. And so, Mm. you know, if you have a hundred mile race, do you have 50 and above finishing that? Um, And if you don't, um, would it be possible to add two hours onto your cutoff? Could you set it up where people could start earlier? Like, I mean, I understand that in some cases it's a permitting issue, um, you know, that can't be worked around or it's a safety issue, but that can't be worked around. But that's not the majority of cases, I don't think. And Mm -hmm. so could I add two hours? Could, Could this be something where if somebody kept a 20 minute per mile pace on this course that they could finish? Um, because, why, like for all the reasons that you, we have always loved running, why would we want to 
stop that for people if it's a matter of two hours, you know, and these are the people who are going to be volunteering at your races, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, up, you know, and, and sharing the culture of what we've all loved about um, the trail running community. And so, so I think to just ask race directors to look and say like, Hey, who is finishing? And if you have shorter races within a hundred mile event, can they have the same cutoff as a hundred mile event? Is there some reason that they couldn't? Um, and so, yeah, some, something like that. And so then, you know, uh, the Bandera 100K just happened. It's a 24-hour cutoff. That's a, you know, it's like a 23-minute-per-mile pace. That's super, it's super technical. And we had people who finished walking it. And why not? Yeah. You know, I, I know that there are some people out there that, that get upset by the idea of, well, if anybody can finish it, like, what's the value? Mm. And I just have a hard time understanding that, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, so... So I know that there are difficulties, but I think that um, to to just make that opportunity for folks in, just by a couple of hours is important. I agree with all of those points. Yeah, I don't know whether I've I, I've really thought about that a whole lot, but I love that idea. I'm I'm, I'm remembering back. It was a couple of years ago, or maybe it was last year. Um, here in Northern California is the way too cool 50k, and the race director Julie Fingar. Um, allowed three runners to start an hour early. Um, they were they were veteran runners. I think one of them had finished every single thirty three times. Course. Yeah, thirty three finishes, yeah, and, and they they called them. Uh, she called them her froggers. Yeah, they 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 had yeah they were special to her. And yep. so she allowed them to start early because they knew that they would be pushing the cutoffs. And and by doing so, she wasn't asking the aid station workers to be out there longer than what they had already planned. And I, I think that's a brilliant, brilliant um, um, suggestion, Liza. That's what we had uh, decided to do at Chuckanut because that's the big pushback in terms of yeah. from the race director side is like, I'm already asking my volunteers to be out there right. and March in Pacific Northwest. Like that's a long day cold wet right. ask of it's great for the runners hard for the volunteers but that <laughs> early start is a really good like yep. kind of meets it allowing that hour yep. on that end because the runners aren't going to be through the aid stations early just because they start early they need that time to get there so right. it works out really well mm. right and you know and then there's the idea that too like maybe these veteran runners like you know they they can go with a very kind of like basic aid station you're like they don't need all the help so it doesn't mean that the aid station needs to be manned if you were going to give more time at the beginning of a race you know like hey you can start early and maybe you're not going to be eligible for prizes or anything like that or awards you know you'll finish and you'll get an award you know if you do it this time um and the aid stations for those first couple of hours like you know you're on your own <laughs> you know or like or there's just water like but there aren't people there to help you um but it seems like you know we're saying that these people are capable of managing themselves. So it's not a big a deal. Do you find comparing yourselves, your, your own experiences, or maybe from a coaching standpoint, do older runners have more joy or find more meaning in running than younger runners? Oh, wow. That's an interesting question. Um, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind when you said that is, um, it, it, I think it probably depends on the individual. You know, each individual is, I mean, some people are happy people anyway, right? And they're, they're just going to enjoy it, whether whatever age they are. But, you know, so for me, um, I, a couple, like actually in last May, I was, really working hard at um, trying to be more positive and enjoying myself because I, I had gotten myself into where I was getting kind of crabby and things felt harder. So I just, I decided to change my attitude, mm. you know, and, and maybe, you know, as we're getting older, I mean, I have to say, I feel so grateful. So that I'm even able to do this. So I'm, that's, that's part of it too. Then I just really have to just feel grateful that I'm out here being able to, you know, move my body and my body will keep going. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's your attitude, right? I mean, it's so important to have a, a really positive attitude and that's not always easy to do, but if you can keep checking back with it, it, it can totally help you, um, a positive attitude. What about you, Liza? Do you find more joy and meaning in your running now than when you were younger? 
I think I find more gratitude, like Pam was mm. saying. Like I'm full of more gratitude when I'm running and racing, for sure. I mean, you know, it's kind of hard to be joyful when you feel creaky and <laughs> sore, right? You're like, ah, this is hard. Uh, but definitely full of more gratitude and more gratitude for all the people that are that are there supporting and helping, you know? Right. Um, I have a question for, for you guys, and, and, and we want to say goodbye for Christy because she had to leave to a sponsorship call for, for the race that sh- she's doing, and, and so we so appreciated her comments, and, and as always, I love them. But So I'm only asking the two, how old do you feel? Now, there's different times to ask that. I can tell you that I feel that I'm much older my first three <laughs> steps when I wake up, okay? <laughs> I didn't want to. I don't think there's a calendar for that, right? But once I get out there and get moving, I'm going down the trail. Yeah, things feel pretty good. So uh, I, I then I think to myself as I'm asking this question: What aged runner am I right now? How old do I think I I am? And and I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll share mine after you guys. What? How old do you think you are when you're a runner? How do you assess yourself in your in your own mind? Mm-hmm. Pam, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I, I, I feel, unfortunately, right now with my, you know, I'm, I'm still recovering from my, my femur. So I'm definitely, I feel older, I think, than um, old. I, I, I don't know. I get, I, I definitely feel slower. So that, I guess, that equates in my mind to feel older. But um, it's, it's just, I feel like it's, um. You know, you know what though? Here's here's my answer to that. Yeah. Is throughout my career, like when I was young, when I was thirty years old and I was running, I had years where I didn't feel great. Like I, I was just tired, like for a year or you know, like a, a really long time, I just didn't feel great. And then I'd come out of it and I'd felt better again. So I that's kind of where I'm at right now. I feel like like I mentioned earlier. From 45 to 50, I kind of, I, I had, I struggled. And then at 50, I felt great again. So right now I just feel like I'm struggling a little, but I, I know that my body and mind, it's going to come back and I'm going to feel great again because it just kind of ebbs and flows. Liza, have you had time to uh, put your thought together? <laughs> because uh, i'll go next if you want me if you need a little more time like i had with scott yeah you should definitely go next well i feel younger after having this conversation just because i have different perspective and i i feel like i can embrace the decades instead of fight them yeah and that i can stand on those decades instead of having them stand on me so i feel a little bit better than now and as i go out to the trail i can celebrate this state of life in this this running running space that I'm in, so I feel younger. Um, to put a specific age to it, uh, I'm I'm not. Uh, I think I'm just. I'm just going to call um, uh, mid midlife. You know, that's what I'm going to say. I just, I'm, I'm not my I'm not my youthful self, and I'm not the person that just can't get anything done. I'm kind of in the middle there, and and depending on what time of the day. Might be um, might be the variable. So that wasn't much of an answer, Liza. It was a stall for you. I was just trying to buy some time. I feel thirty six. No, I don't know. Thirty six. <laughs> Perfect answer. Nice. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. <laughs> we had a great discussion on aging. <laughs> no, but here's what I will say. I think that one of the uh, things with aging that is hard is that you don't know whether it's the age where something else is going on. And a lot of Mm. times we'll attribute it to the age like, oh, you know, I'm about to turn 51. Everyone, my birthday is February 1st. Um, (laughs) I'm about to turn turn 51. So like, did I feel like that, you know, like was that run awful (laughs) because I'm 51 or because I didn't sleep well or like I ate poorly or my ferritin's low. And so, and I think a lot of times people chalk it up to being old and not actually find out the other things. And, and you don't point. do that when you're young, right? Like if you're 20 and you're, you're having multiple terrible runs, you're like, what is going on? I'm going to figure it yeah. out and fix it, you know? That's a perfect answer, Liza. That, that, was, that, was, that was well, well done because when you are young, it's never age. Never Age is never the reason. And, and you look for something else to blame it on. But it's easy to find the, the, the blame game to the calendar. 
Um, you know, do I get a chance to answer? <laughs> and it, my answer is in the form of a question. Am I the only one that has to do the math every time someone, every time I have the question, how old are you? I forget how old I am and I have to think, okay, I remember the year I was born and this is 2023. <laughs> so that means I'm turning. One, yeah. I, I, yeah <laughs> I, I honestly forget how old I am. Multiply times 10. <laughs> so it's a long equation. Am I the only one? Do you forget how old you are, Don? Uh, no, I, I just know that I'm I'm older than you, Scott. So uh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's a really good point, though, because I think we just it, it it's it's better not to focus on that number, you know, and just yeah. um, as like Liza said, you just you it could be it could totally be something else because I think with with these numbers. We're just like, oh, well, we're getting older. So, of course, we should feel like this. And that's not necessarily true. Mm, yeah. And that's cool that you don't know what your age is, Scott. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Keep going I, I think it's not as cool as it is. I'm getting older and I can't remember things. <laughs> hey, I think this has been a great discussion and, and it's fascinating. You know, we go to, to races and it seems like at every year's you pick a race and at every race um the the there's another record old finisher finishing the race a new age um um is being pushed again and again i think it's important that we try to do things that we can that can keep us out there we've had the discussion with ajw who finished um second place at the 2005 western states and some of those elite runners you see kind of fade away but he i think enjoys running more today than maybe back in 2005 even though he's now in the middle of the pack even though he says in the back of the pack he's still pretty fast um it, it gives me hope it gives me a lot of of motivation to get out there and 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 i think it was you liza that said the joy that 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 we get for being out there, the gratitude. I think Pam and and Liza, you said the gratitude of of saying, you know what, I'm really grateful that I can be out here today on the trail, whether I'm have a bib on or not, and I can stop. And you know, Don and I went on a run just this last week where we we stopped a couple times and looked at the scenery that we pass so frequently. Um, on our normal trail runs. And we we just looked at each other and went, man, we are so lucky to be out here regardless of age. So thank you for joining us, both of you. Um, it's It's been a, a fun discussion. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Hey, Scott, that wasn't a stop. We were just moving so slow that it felt like time was frozen as we were glancing over our shoulder. Hey, and as a side note, as a side note, somehow on my wearable, there's a setting that got switched recently. And 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 Don, it's bugging Don because we'll s- slow down to a walk on a hill and my watch will say, pausing. <laughs> You have to fix that. You have to fix that. We have not stopped. We're still moving. So somehow, oh, I, if anybody can help me out with that setting on on my watch, I would appreciate oh, it because I can help. It's driving Don crazy. Oh. We're not stopping. Oh, that's funny. Hey, well, regardless of your age, and and Pam said it a couple times. Don't worry about the number. Just get out and run. Mas. We've reached the end of the podcast, and Scott, it's kind of like reaching the finish line, and we'd like to give a few thanks to the people that made it happen. First, we want to thank our Patreon members. If you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash trailrunnernation, or you can go to our website, and there's a support us tab at the top. We want to tell you what you get as a Patreon member. It's real important. This month, all of our Patreon members got a $20 credit at squirrelsnutbutter.com. If you don't know what Squirrels Nut Butter is, go to their website, find out what it is. You should have multiple products in your drop bag with Squirrels Nut Butter. And every Patreon member got 20 bucks off this quarter. If you join in the next three months, you also get a credit for a free pair of John G shorts. That's a lot of give back, Freeman. 
That's a lot of gift back. And this show is produced and edited by the talented Ryan War. Our social media is controlled by Yana Gibalova. If you need social media expertise, go to AscentMediaSolutions.com. Our website and graphics are by Katie Burke. She's at OpenStudioHours.com. Check out all of our prior episodes, our deals page where there's lots of cool gear deals and other stuff at TrailRunnerNation.com. You can also find us at Twitter at WeAreNation, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and check out our show notes, Scott. <laughs> now run, Moss.